The following presentation is brought to you by KMMedia.pro. Please visit KMMedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present... Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we've got a great guest for you today. He has, He's a busy fella. I don't know when he sleeps, but he, he works um, a job. He's also an EMT. He's also a Tai Chi, tai chi that's it. Tai Chi in, uh, is uh, instructor, and he's written 15 books, and he's a motivational and uh, business coach, and it's amazing. Scott, how are you today? Hey, Kevin. It is great to be here on Positive Talk Radio. I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, it's it's uh, it's amazing. How do you how do you find the time to do everything that you do? Boy, you know, I get criticized for t- taking on too much, and. <laughs> So, so it's uh I'm pretty diligent around those things. I have a lot of passion and I have a lot of interests. And so that just that interest keeps me rolling in so many areas. Well, I first of all I would like to thank you very much for being an EMT. Um, thank you. I've had to I've I've had the opportunity to deal with them on a couple of occasions and they were nothing short of phenom- phenomenal human beings. Well, thank you. I'm right on the edge of becoming an EMT instructor. So I'm very, I've been, that, that has been on my uh, bucket list for, boy, five, set, seven years. Seven years it's been on my bucket list. And finally, it's hap- it is like tumultuous to become an EMT instructor. I'm, I'm finally doing it. So now, what does that mean? What does that entail? So they, it, oh, oh, the, the difficulty is, for a lot of these professions is that the bar is raised so high, Kevin, that it makes it really difficult for a volunteer like myself, who's not doing this as a career, to really devote that amount of time to doing it. And so I'm also a firefighter. And so I took the circuitous route around because I could not get into any um, EMT instructor classes. So I became a firefighter instructor. In 2000, and I know, 2018, I became a firefighter instructor, and I had no intention of teaching. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a firefighter, but I'm like, I don't want to teach firefighting, but this is what I have to do to become an EMT instructor. And now, finally, they're offering this bridge course, and I, 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 I signed up for it, and I was able to take it because I was a firefighter instructor, and they said, this is the hor- almost horrific part. At least it's horrific in that I realized how much insane, crazy knowledge I have in my head. I had to take this, they called it a an assessment of prior learning. And now I've taught at the community college, and I thought this was just like an assessment, like I'd have to like fill out a resume type thing. 
Right. <laughs> it was a 50 question test on education theory, you know, um, different knowledge strategies, scaffolding, um, di different uh, um, ideologies and, and models for, for education. And I had to score 70 to be able to get in the class. And I, I thought I, I literally sat down at the computer and I'm like, oh, it's going to take me five minutes to do this. Like an hour and a half later, I'm still taking this test. I'm like messing up on all the other things I needed to do for that day. But I got an 84. And then, you know, and then the people, my friends were like, well, of course, because you just got all this like useless knowledge just floating around. I'm like, it's not totally useless because it just helped me pass this test today. So. <laughs> you know, and you can't keep a good man down. And then you, you, you know, you you took you took a a circular route to it, but you got there. So there <laughs> I did, you are. I did, I did. Determination. And that's that's and you know, we all need some of that determination uh, in order for us to to really reach out and to become who we really are and who right, we really right. like to be. And I wanted to talk to you a bit about that because. Um, you are a career coach and a business coach. That's and correct. You, and you work in Baston. That's right, right? Baston. Yeah. 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 And uh um and you've got a saying here which is you're true as a myth. <laughs> Explain <laughs> true exactly. as a must. You know, I <laughs> I went on a vacation once and this person kept messing up my email and she said, well, you're from New England. I thought it was true as a moose. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? A moose. She said, true it's New England. Yeah. Uh, we were in, this person was in Florida. So like an extreme flatlander, like flat, flat, flat. And yeah, she was yeah. like, uh, so when I started my business, Kevin, in 2006 and made the leap into coaching, I was looking for a name that I could use. And I wanted to have something that reflected people following their direction. And I used to be an outward bound instructor. And I know, you know, there's a difference between true north and magnetic north. When right. you go on a compass, you have to adjust it because wherever that ore deposit is and where you're at in the country, you have to make an adjustment so that, you know, it's not pointing towards magnetic north. It's pointing towards true north. I was going to call it true north. And then I thought, I thought a little bit more. I thought a little bit more and I thought, you know what, that's really arrogant because north is not the direction of every single person on the planet. And so I thought about it, did a little bit of reading, did a little, little research, and I, found, or I realized that every single one of the points on the compass, there's 360 of them, 360 degrees in a circle, right. is called an azimuth. And so I'm like, that's the name of the business. People should follow their true azimuth, whatever direction that is, that really adjusts to the magnetic poles in their life. Right? We all have magnetic poles from parents, from family, from religion, from politics, from our neighbors, and they can really disrupt our direction. And so if we, if we figure out what our direction is and then adjust our strategies because of those magnetic poles, we can go anywhere. That's a um, long circuitous story. <laughs> Again. Yeah, because you are a coach, I've, I've always been interested because I, I, and I have it in my opening that everybody is looking for, you know, what, what's, what's the meaning of life? What's my meaning? Why am I not following my heart, following my dreams? 
when you're talking to people that you're coaching and working with, what do you tell them when they come to you and say, you know, Scott, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I have no earthly idea. What do you tell them? I have no idea. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> that is actually one of the I, one of the one of the core pieces that I that I use as a counseling technique is motivational interviewing. And one of the things in motivational interviewing is to not offer advice and you know that stuff help people uncover it themselves. And so usually after I say I have no idea, would you like to explore this together and figure this out? We go um, and and go after it. Um, but I have to tell you, Kevin, I have a little, there's, I have a, I got a, there's a piece of, I don't know if I'd call it guilt. Maybe I could call it guilt. There's a piece about coaching that, well, there's a piece that I discovered in my own evolution and growth, especially in Vipassana meditation, which I, you know, have been on many, many courses, hundreds and hundreds of days I've spent in complete silence, um, 10 days at a time meditating. And one of the pieces that you discover in this process is that the, we plant seeds for our misery when we're grasping at things. The tighter we try to hold on to something, that we don't get that thing and we're not we're unhappy. We want to have this house and we're working on that and we don't get it and we're unhappy. Or the exact other piece that happens is we push away. We don't want this thing to happen and it happens, and then we're unhappy. And so Vipassana talks a lot about equanimity. And I had a really, after I'd been practicing for a while and came to this true kind of visceral insight, I really had to really think about what I was doing as a coach. And that was I really planting seeds for misery by really developing this vision so much that people were just grasping at it so tight that if they didn't get it, they were unhappy. Um, and so now in my coaching practice, I spend less time talking about happiness and more time talking about equanimity because I think that equanimity is really the key. For those of us who have no idea what equanimity means, what does it mean in, in, in layman's terms? It is... The way I think of equanimity is um, that you're, you're balanced and accepting without grasping onto something. Uh. You know, one of the things that they talk about that you want to be careful of is, and this they, they call it in, in meditation practice, they talk about these things called enemies and near enemies. And so like, one of the near enemies of like love is um, sexuality, se sexual attraction, right? Grasping and holding on something. And so the near enemy of equanimity is indifference. And so equanimity is not indifference because indifference is you just don't give a hoot. What do I care? I'm washing my hands of all these people and everything. I just don't care equanimity you still care but your world doesn't get rocked because if you don't get to where you're going you're happy along you know all these things where they say be happy where you're at right it's the journey it's the process not the you know, in the journey not the destination those things are really about equanimity and being balanced the other thing i think about it is a way is that you know you're calm on a ship 
You know, I used to work for Outward Bound. And one of the things we, one of the phrases for Outward Bound is that ships are safe in their harbor, but they only discover things when they leave their harbor. That's when they're considered Outward Bound. And one of the things we talked about a lot in Outward Bound was having that even keel, right? So that, you know, you, you, we're calm and it's easy to be calm and composed when the ship's in in smooth water. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, but when the rot, when the waves come, that's when you really have to really be calm and composed. And I don't mean faking it, right. You're on the inside, but everybody looks in you're like, I'm calm. It's really, truly because a lot of people do that, right. They're like, yeah, I'm calm. And then you, then they're popping, you know, you know, lorazepam and, um, and, um, and, uh, and, um, Tums, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I'm really yeah. calm. Yeah, exactly. First of all, you are a real charismatic, real gregarious guy. How did you keep your mouth shut for 10 days? <laughs> I'm also very task focused. Um, and <laughs> the, the thing about taking a Vipassana course, and they're, they're all over the country, all over the world. Um, they've been spreading like crazy for many, 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 many years. Um, is that when you go there, everything is set up for you not to talk to people. Nobody's talking to you. When you're walking down the hall, the other people are also being quiet and striving not to talk to you. When you go to dinner, people are like this. You know, no one's even looking at each other when you go there. Um, and so it makes it easy to do that because the community that's there that is trying to work on this is all working or they're all rowing in the same direction. Um, and what exactly is the point of that? I, I, I mean, like, like being social, I'm a social guy. So I would have a really, really, I would just, somebody's walking down the, hi, how are you? I just do that. And then, so, you know, it, what's the point of, of doing that? Is that inner reflection? No. And actually it's anything but inner reflection. Oh, it's, it's really interesting. This is, and you know, when, before I did this, I really had this pop version of what meditation was, which was basically, you know, self-induced LSD trips. I mean, it's an oversimplification, but you know, ah, right. Um, and what I realized that true meditation is like going to the gym and working out and lifting weights. And there's a certain piece, if you're on the treadmill for a while, that might be like a meditation-y type thing. You know, someone's, well, it's flow or, you know, other psychological terms and books that have been written. But the real purpose of going to the gym is so that you can go up a flight of stairs and not be out of wind by the time you get up the flight of the top of the stairs. So your real purpose of going to the gym is so you don't have a heart attack, you know? And so the real purpose of meditation is to gain control over our crazy mind. That is, that is just ruling our lives and building a sense of equanimity, building a sense of stability. And so what happens is that uh, you, if the first three days you are just focused on your breathing and just, a, just focused on your breathing and they, they liken it to sharpening a scalpel and to get to do surgery. You're just very focused. No one's talking to you. And this voice 
Like, do you have crazy Kevin in your mind? I do. That tells you things like, like I have got crazy Scott and he tell oh, he's an idiot. Um, and I try not to listen to him, but he says all this crazy stuff all the time that out of nowhere. And so what happens is that over a course of like two or three days, crazy Scott got quieter and quieter and quieter. And because I wasn't talking to anybody, there was nothing for crazy Scott to focus on. And it's not just, it's not just, this is going to, you're going to be, oh my God, Scott. It's not just not talking to anybody. There's no journaling. There's no writing. There's no reading. There's no music. There's no anything that's, there's nothing. It's just. What the hell do you do with your time? That would take forever to get through 10 days, I would think. Um. It's a, it's a, I'm telling you, the first couple of days is excruciatingly difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be terrible, right? It's like it's you're focusing on your breath, and you're like you're supposed to sit there for an hour and focus on your breath. And they talk about this. They talk about this. You focus on your breath. You take two breaths, and then you're thinking about the grocery list or sex. Or what you're going to do when you finish the course, or how could this have happened to me? And this was an unfair travesty that happened in my life. And and you're, you're like, I'm not supposed to be focusing on this stuff. I'm supposed to be focusing on my breath. And you just bring that control back more and more and more and more till crazy Scott or crazy Kevin or crazy fill in your name finally starts to shut the hell up. And when that happens. It's like amazing. You can't believe it. Like, it's not just right. Um, and and then um, you then really can do that first couple days is called anapana. It's really a focusing piece. And then after that, you focus on vipassana, and and that is basically being aware of the sensations of your body and as they're changing which you can only do when you're calm and quiet and collected. And then if you if you get, you know, on day six, after you've learned Vipassana, if things all go to hell in a handbasket, you come back to Anapana. Let me get calm and quiet, collected. All right, now I can focus on Vipassana and being aware of my sensations. And what you discover is that all those sensations are constantly changing. That's why you see people who can get, you know, they have like some surgery and they're like totally calm getting their surgery done. Uh, and they're, and there's not, and they're not even anesthetized anesthetized. They're not even knocked out. It's <laughs> because it's because they're, they're, they're like, it's not because of magic. It's because they have control over their mind around those things. So after 10 days and then you're back into the crazy world that we are all living in, what was that like? That must have been a little shocking. It, they, they actually on the ninth day or that, you know, actually the course is 11 days long. So actually on the ninth day, they, 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 they lie to you. They don't, you go for 10 days. It's a full 10 days. It's not, it's really 12 days because the day that you will arrive, they call day zero. And then you leave. I know, I know. And then you leave on day eleven. So it starts on a Wednesday afternoon, and it ends on a Sunday morning. Well, that's twelve days, but they call it ten days because it's a full ten days. No wiggle room there. Um, but on the on the 
tenth day on the uh, which is the you know the the day before you leave there in the afternoon people can talk to each other um and they do that to give people a kind of a buffer zone so that when you leave you don't go off the deep end of it's really overwhelming like i you know i you know there's been times where i've come back from a 10-day course and i'm like crying because it's just like bombarded with especially in this information age right Everything right. now it's, it's amazing to me that you can sit there for 10 days and not think about anything, and yet you've written 15 books because you've always got something rattling around in your head at one point or another. I would think I do, so it be, it's really about control and focus, right? I mean, when I write, when in the same way of writing the 15 books, like what's I'm pulling, I have my little props over here of all my books, so like when I wrote this book, right, make time your superhero power. I had to really focus on time, not this book, which is about growing and using good King Henry and coming up with recipes and the plant and stuff like that. I, you know, I, it's, it's the same thing. I've got to focus on whatever I'm writing on, right? You don't write, you don't write the history of the civil war and, you know, the first sentence you're talking about, you know, Gettysburg. And then the next sentence you're writing about Korea. That yeah. would not be a that would not that would not be a good history of the Civil War. <laughs> it, it, it might not make any sense to anybody either. <laughs> Unless you were doing some sort of pop meditation lucid technique on LSD, and then you'd be like, "That was a really good book." <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's it's a, it's amazing to me because now let's take you back in the mists of time, back yes. to the beginning. When, when did you when did you start this journey that you are on because this is a this is a physical it's a spiritual it's a it's it's all of those things in and what what motivated you to even begin going down this path are you, are you talking about the vipassana path or the coaching path or the, which path are you talking all about of it. all of it all of it i mean because oh, you're doing man. so you're doing so many things because there's there had to be a moment in your life when you were growing up and you were a teenager and then then you were going to have a picket fence and you were going to have a beautiful wife and have a couple of kids well i don't know that to be true i'm just kind of assuming right you know you had the world plan you know when i was a senior in um college i hiked the appalachian trail um that would be beautiful and that was that was a pivotal that was a pivotal event for me to go and do that and it was much different I was talking to a guy about this today because he, you know, he's he's like, I hiked the Appalachian Trail in the 70s. And I'm like, let me tell you, things have changed drastically since then. Cause I hiked the Appalachian Trail in the 80s. And it was back then, that was when you had to put these these dimes, and it was only a dime that you needed, in these little boxes that had these things attached to it that you could talk to. You'd put the dime in and you'd push a bunch of numbers, and then you could talk to somebody. Now you go down the Appalachian and, and at night you'd get to your shelter and you'd, you know, talk to people. Now I I hiked the long trail uh, uh, just recently, like just a couple of years ago. And at night in the trail shelters, when people got in from the day of hiking, all you could see was the bluish whitish light from their cell phones 
that they, oh, I have a prop. Here we go. The bluish whitish light from their cell phones as they were, you know, texting their friends, blogging about their experience. One, I got into one shelter one night and this person, I'm like hiking, right? In the middle of nowhere in Vermont. And I got in and this person was like, shh. I'm like, what? She's like, I'm doing my live podcast. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, I'm doing my live podcast. We can't get away from it these days. We are we're we're we are drowning in information and yeah. and everything's coming in. I you know, I, there's a challenge that I heard about that I think would be interesting to take and that is set your cell phone down for 7 days. Can you do it? Right. And not, well, you and know, not, I would say, Kevin, you should set your cell phone down for 10 days, really 12 days, because day zero <laughs> and day <laughs> day 11 don't count. And I just am, jump off the cliff and swim in the deep ocean. Don't just dip your toe. I am pretty sure that I would not be able to do that. I would think <laughs> I, I, my mind, I, I just don't think I could do that you know but and, and not that it wouldn't be helpful because it would really be it would be helpful to to get grounded and that's that's what i think the 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 cool thing about what you're talking about is getting grounded in yourself not getting the highs not getting the lows just being even keel and understand that this is a journey and that you have had a hand in designing it and so just relax and let it be that's according to the gospel according to paul mccartney of course right absolutely great movie too yeah indeed but you know just and just let it be let it flow and understand that there's going to be ups there's going to be downs um and and life is gonna like as a matter of fact day before yesterday i was i was sitting in my favorite chair watching uh my my favorite uh, uh big screen tv and then it went. It, began, it looked like a Scottish tartan there for a second on the screen. Mm-hmm. So it had all kinds of, of different colors and stuff. And I mm-hmm. said to myself, "This isn't good." And then the next thing, it went Boop, right, and the, and the TV was gone. And then right. it's like, so that's what the walls look like in this room. <laughs> You know, and then the TV's, and then the next day, uh, my dryer blew up. And so I was, you know, and so, but those things happen. And yeah, you know, right. You know, and and there's always going to be something good down the road that is going to, is going to come from it. And then, and your coaching business, and when you talk to people about, about how to excel in business and how to work, do do you tell them to be more mindful just to relax and let it be kind of thing? I mean, part of the part of the piece is a lot of for a lot of folks is is to really look at what that crazy thing is telling you, and and crazy Kevin, crazy that, Scott, that crazy filling yeah. your name, um, and you know that in psychotherapy there's a couple of there's 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 basically two approaches for dealing with that, rational emotive behavior therapists, which is Albert Albert Ellis. He's the, he's the founder of that whole thing. Their whole piece is about switching the internal dialogue, right? That's where, you know, 
affirmations come to play and that's where you know the saying things to yourself you know people that talk about the secret and you know creating your destiny talk about manifesting these view you know things that you're saying and and that's part of that's all well and good but that's not the only way to deal with crazy scott or crazy fill in the blank because this is what's happening while you and you know this i know you know this i know every single one of you know this <laughs> when you say like if you're like i don't have enough money and you say i'm blessed with all the money i need crazy fill in the blank immediately after you say that says <laughs> yep. and right and 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 then you got this thing going back and forth and and cr that crazy voice in your head is really good at arguing with you and coming up with every single thing and so part of this piece is to realize that that that's just a crazy voice that voice is not you is that voice you it's 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 changing all the time like if you were if you acted like that voice acts right you'd be locked up in an institution um and so we are not that voice and once we realize that that voice is not who we are, we really can just say, shut the hell up. It's like, it would be like me saying, Kevin, I think you need to do blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, yeah, whatever, Scott. Right? Don't give me any weight. But we don't do that with the voice in our head. We give it as much breath and depth and space as it wants. You know, when I was um, six years old, I was told by another six-year-old something that was uh, derogatory to me. And for some reason, I carried that with me for a long time. It was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were six years old, and this was a six-year-old that was telling you this, and you took it as gospel? How crazy is that? Yeah, right, right, right. So it's there's a actually one of the – every night in Vipassana, there's an hour – of Vipassana TV, you could call it. There's a lecture. They're pre-recorded. They talk about this, and it's interesting how they all sync up with the with your experience during the day. And they talk about this piece that you just talked about. And the teacher on the video recording says, gives this example. He says, someone comes to your house, they they knock on your door, and they say, here's we we we've got this present for you, and they get go to give you, and you don't want it, right? And you're like, thanks a lot. I'm not interested. You shut the door and they go away. Someone knocks on your door trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner, right? You're like, I'm all set. I'm not interested. Someone calls you on the phone and says, you know, uh, hey, I'd like to sell you this. They, you know, they call me on the phone. They're like, hello, Mr. Gramim. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Is your wife there? I'm like, I don't have a wife. Oh, oh, okay. I'm, goodbye. I'm not interested. I have no trouble hanging up the phone on these robocalls. Uh, but crazy, whatever it is, some kid comes up and says something derogatory when you're six. And what do we do? We're like, not only will I listen to that, but I'm going to embrace that. And it's going to float around in my mind for years. Right. That's a, we, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's that becomes who I am. Right. Is what some stupid six year old said to me when I was six years. It doesn't make any sense. Right. But we take it as gospel. Right. Right. And I want you folks to know that that's not who you are. 
Absolutely not. You not you, at all. you get to end. You know that you you were talking about affirmations and the secret and all of that. It's 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 like you know a lot of a lot of folks will go. Okay, I want to be rich. <laughs> Where I don't see it. Where they're walking around the pot of where's the money coming from? It's raining I, yet. I'm going to the mailbox and I'm going to find a check. It's like, I don't think that I, I think that the way affirmations work is that, that you set your intentions and then you work your, your hiney off to, right. to, to make that passion happen for you. Right. Right. The most they'll do is and they'll, they'll set your trajectory. It's kind of like back to that azimuthy thing we're talking about right here, right? You can have a map and you know, you got your map and you have your destination of where you want to go. That's the intention. You can think about your intention till the blue, till the cows come in and you can even, you know, look at pictures of your final destination. You can set up a a, a, a prayer board. room and a vision board and light candles all for your destination and circumnambulate around your destination and all this light incense and all this other stuff. The only way to get to your destination is to get off your butt and walk there following the map and avoiding the obstacles along the way. And that's, that's what I call the 50,000 foot view. Um, which Absolutely. Which, which is we we are in the forest and we get to see the tree that's in front of us the tree that's behind us and so we just need to relax and trust that we're walking in the right way because if we are walking in the wrong way it will become exceedingly apparent very quickly that we're on the wrong direction and so right. we just we just move uh, a little bit and then we get back on the right direction and then and then eventually we get to the meadow and the clearing and the river and the things that we want to the the place where we want to be um, right i i'm a firm believer in that because i think that we have we have people on the other side that are helping us um navigate right. through that and so our job is to is to is to just be calm and to, and to enjoy the journey right the trouble yeah. is there's a lot of some days out there <laughs> well, I, someday know, I'll someday I'll start to walk. Not today. It's too cold. It's too you know, hot. It's, it's too windy. It's too rainy. It's interesting, Scott. I was doing a uh, interview last week on KKNW, which is where you're going to be on tonight. Yay! And uh, um, which I'm going to enjoy that thoroughly with you. And a lady gets on and she's talking to. I had a tarot reader, a tarot card reader on. And she gets on and goes, you know, um, I'm 70. I've um, on Social Security and I make enough from Social Security that I can live, but I'm still working. And what I want to know is if you look at the cards, I'm still working, but it's not really what I want to do. I would really like to follow my passion and to do this. And, um, uh, I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding. This is this person's 70 years old. You know, you don't know when you're going to be walking your last day on earth. Don't wait. No, you do not. Why would you why would you wait because of the fear uh because you don't trust? It, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Do it. Just do it. Maybe that's where they came up with that slogan for that shoe company. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's about living a life of of no regrets. And not a life of, uh, and I don't mean when I say no regrets, you know, like, you know, I've, you know, 
had sex with a million people or I've done all this other crazy stuff and I've lived this life of, you know, totally nihilistic craziness all over the place. It's a piece of saying, you know, when you're on your deathbed or somebody, when you're on, when I'm on my deathbed, I am not going to say, I wish I should have, could have, if only I'm not going to do that. And when the people that I care about, if they were to die tomorrow, I am not going to say, ah, oh, I wish I could have done this trip to see that. I had always wanted, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to live a life like that. Well, it's, it's, it's point. Well, I, I'll give you a, g- a great example. I don't know if you're, you follow football at all, <clears throat> but there's a, there's a guy that is a sport. was a, uh, uh, a sports analyst. His mm-hmm. name is John, John uh, Clayton. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was called the professor. He was on CNN or ESPN for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. He was in the Seattle market for a long time. Mm-hmm. He had a, he was, he contributed in uh, the morning and the afternoon of the particular radio station that I listened to uh, five days a week and he has his own show on Saturdays. Well, this last Tuesday he's on at, and he comes on at four o'clock and he talks about the Seahawks uh, and that kind of thing. And so we were talking about that or he was talking about that. And they said, well, we know you're not feeling well, John, so we're going to let you go. So he said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take tomorrow off. And so somebody else filled in for him tomorrow. And he, so this was uh, Wednesday. He took Thursday off. And then I hear late on Friday that he died at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. You don't know when your last day is going to be. And so you, you really would be best served. I think if, if you treated every day, like it was going to be your last and that you were going to do whatever it was in your heart to do that day. Do you concur? I would, I would. Yes. I actually have another prop, shameless. I've got all my books sitting over here. (laughs) Where it's like, Oh, I wrote a a book about that. So here's the other book. Let's get that focused in the camera. Come as you are meditation and grief. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a really good topic. So I, um, I was um, sitting on a meditation course, another 10-day meditation course, um, on uh, December 11th, 2019, right? We all know the pandemic just a month and a half later was exploding uh, and everything shut down. But uh, the course finished on December 22nd, and that morning, um, my, my spouse, my husband of 31 years, burned alive in an automobile accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and so I wrote this book uh, about um, my experience, part memoir, part inspirational memoir, part um, instruction written for both people who are grieving, talks about grieving in isolation and the pandemic. And a lot of the, I challenge a lot of the things in my books I'm really challenging for folks. I really challenge how we appreciate grief or how we approach grief. Um, I appreciate grief. That was a slip. That was actually a good slip. I really appreciate the fact that I'm grief. So it's so when you say I'm sorry, you know, my uh, what I would say to you is I, I'm not sorry at all. Actually, a better response is, wow, congratulations. Okay, now you're going to have to explain that a little bit. Because really, when you see that, the you know it's interesting. As a sidebar, this stupid DSM has now come up with this 
lengthy thing. It was an article in the New York Times. They've they've come up with complicated grief as people who are really grieving for a long time. And you and I can tell you, we are going to see those freaking awful commercials five years down the roads as you know somebody they're going to these drug companies are going to talk about people who have died in your life and your grieving loss take a pill and you'll be happy but that's another story um so why would you say why would you say congratulations because the congratulations are that you know as i think about brian and the life that we had together the true congratulations is that we chose to live a life together that was so connected, profound, and full of love that you feel so much grief after that is missing. That's really a gift. That's really, because you know what? Five, uh, 55,000 people die every day in the United States. And I bet you don't share one God blessed tear for any of those people. Um, I know I don't, I don't even know who they are. You ever read a thing about somebody who died in an automobile crash or this or those, you know, a couple of weeks ago, these golfers that were there in Texas and all that, you're like, oh, that was, that was really tragic. But there's no grieving on my part. Why is there, why was there grieving with Brian? Because we had something of such deep meaning and such profound connection that grief was the price of admission. Grief was the price of the, and I and I am privileged to have paid that price. So it really is a better word than I'm sorry is uh, congratulations that you're living your life the way that brings that out. Well, you know what's interesting about that as well is that a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us live our lives and we never have that relationship that deep love that is beyond anything that that we can imagine and so when that comes to an end um you you're perfectly right to miss it and it's yeah. it's an important and, and 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 i suppose the way you're looking at it is you should celebrate the fact that if you didn't if you didn't miss them if, if that relationship wasn't what it was you wouldn't feel the depth of grief that you feel. That's exactly, boy, you hit it right on. The, and that's not just about your, your, your relationship with your spouse. That's going to be your relationship with your dog or a cat, you know, you know your parent, you, you name it. My, my dad died in uh, December 30th of a particular year and he'd, he'd been in, in intensive care for a week or so. So it wasn't, it, and he was 76 and his life was behind him. He knew it. We all knew it and stuff. And so for me, it was like, well, he's now free. He's free from that. But I had a border, I had a um, Australian shepherd Labrador mixed dog that he and I just loved the hell out of each other. And I ended up having to put him down because he had cancer and wasn't going to survive. And that was far more devastating than the loss of my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I had that, that kind of connection and you don't have that's a thing that we as human beings don't recognize sometimes is that connection is rare. 
when you have got a, a connection that is all in and everybody is all in, that's not part, somebody's not pulling back. Everybody's pulling together and it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's all in. That is rare. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so grief when someone's experiencing, you know, some profound now, now granted we were talking about crazy Scott earlier, right? Yeah. Crazy Scott can make anything worse, right? And so crazy Scott can, you know, me, 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 can, you can go way off the deep end and fuel your grief, right? That's not living a life of equanimity. But I mean, when I was talking to, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about Brian and I started to get joked up as I was talking yes, about that privilege. That's like, that's just, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling like happiness or this or that. We don't have to push it away. We don't have to like bury it. We don't have, it's not a problem to be fixed. Right. I mean, you go see a, you go see a movie and it's a funny movie and you laugh your butt off in the movie. Right. I mean, it's this, there's some movies that even, I mean, the big Lebowski, I can see that movie. I was watching that. I, I was watching that movie the other night. I was just, I was at literally, I watched the whole big Lebowski in like 30 minutes. Cause I just skipped to the scenes that I was like, you know, like the scene where he was smoking a joint driving down the road and then he spills it. The car goes all over the place and crap. I love that scene. So <laughs> I fast forward to that. I'm like laughing like crazy now. And, and when I think about that now, I'm like, <laughs> it's very funny. Um, the same thing is true with a sad movie. You see a sad movie, you feel sad. You think about that sad movie afterwards. That's not a problem. You're just thinking about the sad movie and you shed a tear, you cry, you recollect, you share that. That's just part of our human existence. Um, we're just so, this is that grasping thing that I told you about earlier that I struggle with. with folks. We're so focused on, we have to have happiness, right? We need happiness. That's the goal. I just want to be happy. But life's, that's just that's just one side of the coin. That's not even a coin. That's like, you know, those little gambling cubes that's got like 600 sides to, or, you know, they roll it and it's got whatever. It could be a zero or not. That's, that's really it. And uh, exactly. rambling. No, no, you're making, you're making perfect sense. And, uh, but you're, you are, I, I'm making sense to you. I wonder if I'm making sense to, to you guys watching. I oh, hope so. I, I, I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt. By the way, let's get your information out. If somebody wants to buy one of your books, go to your website. How do they get there? Oh, that's easy. It's, it's my, you can see, is, is my name showing up below here? So it's G it Scott, is. G Scott, G Scott Graham without a period, squished them all together.com. And then you'll see all my books. You'll see this podcast when it comes out. I scrunch them all in the media section if I can embed it. Uh, I have links to my books. They're on Amazon. They're on Google Play. They are they are everywhere. You can get them in print. You can get them on Audible. You can get them shamelessly f everywhere they could possibly be. Well, congratulations, and, and you're doing some great work in the world and some of the, some of your titles and, and to be honest with you i haven't looked through all all of your works because there's 15 of them for heaven's sakes and the, and there are a broad range of different topics and and thoughts and and stuff and you challenge people in each of the books don't you yeah i think you know it's really funny because i was when i was putting together my website 
uh, and and trying to figure out, you know, what's the what's the name? You know, the, the, it wanted to have a, 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 some sort of tagline, right? And I was like, what is the combination? What's what what are my books about? And I tell you, I thought I only had to think about it for five minutes, and I came up with modest diatribes, varied subjects, unique perspectives, and zero drivel. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I posted it on Facebook and a person, a, a friend of mine replied and was like, zero drivel? Are you telling me there's absolutely no drivel in any of your books? I'm like, and I replied with, just stomp out drivel. Um, what you're doing is, is really great and, you're, and you are um, working with folks and coaching folks and the EMT thing and you're going to be teaching people in uh, – to become uh, EMTs and stuff. I, I think, I think what you're doing is just awesome. Yeah. And, well, and you have your full life. thank you. Yeah. And I'm, and it's, it's a piece of, it's it's a piece of service. And, you know, I get a lot back from, I get a lot back from that. It's, 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 it's very, it's also, it's very selfish. You know, you were talk, talked about being at, you know, uh, that I teach Tai Chi and I teach this, I teach Tai Chi to the elderly um, and, and then, uh, they're like in their 60s, 70s, 80s. And, 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 and I mean, we're in Vermont, uh, where, where I'm doing this with the pandemic and with the pandemic, we have been meeting outside, um, at a little park. Uh, and these, I, I tell you, I missed one. I never let that happen again. I missed one. I'm like, it's freaking raining cats and dogs. I'm not going, we're not doing it. I showed up like the next week. They're like, where were you? I'm like, <laughs> I, I did. I, this one woman looked at me. She's like, you know, 78. I'm like, I didn't think you'd be here. She said, what do I look like? I made a sugar. And I'm like, I guess not. I'm coming. And the, the, I mean, we've met when it's been like two degrees out. Um, they, you know, you, Tai Chi is done on this you know you have to have space to be able to do this and it snows in new england and so we're at this park and they're shoveling out spots in the park these geriatrics to do tai chi in um i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna be here to teach you guys as long as you keep coming i'm coming i mean they're like the most inspirational people in my life and 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 i just want to share that that uh when you talk about elderly and you say 60s, 70s, and 80s, could you I know I'm right. say 70s, 80s, and 90s? Okay, I could do that. I'm I'm on the verge of 60, so you know I'm I, there too. I got you beat. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm now. By the way, when you uh, before you turn 65, uh-huh. every mother and his brother is going to try and sell you insurance before you get to 65. <laughs> It's it's like I am getting focused. Well, then after you're 65, Kevin, there's no return. On me. It's a loss. That's, that's that's true. I I had a call just the other day. It was from a guy. Hi, I'd like to talk to you about your end of life care. And it's like, first of all, why don't you go back to your own country? No, I didn't say that. But but it's like, wait a minute. You want to talk to me about me being dead? Thank you. I don't think I want to talk to you. And, and so, you know, they're like, oh, we got to talk about the end of life stuff, you know. 
And it's, it's like, you don't just leave me alone. I'm going oh to, when I go is when I go. And, and my kids will, you know, they'll, they'll be sad for a couple of moments. And then that, then, then they will go on. And then that's just how, how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so absolutely. we, we all, we, and I really like the way that you frame life. Um, because you. you do it in a real positive um, happy, accepting way, and you are interested in helping elderly people. You're helping people that have been in a car accident, or or he's sitting there at home and he's having chest pains, and he's scared that he's going to pass away at a moment, and and then you're there to help him and 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 do that and and stuff. That's that really is. Um, you're a good man. You're a good. Thank man. you. Thank you. And uh, um, I'm, I look forward to working with you more because uh, I need good people in my life that can and that that can also go on the radio and can talk to somebody that's in the audience and perhaps right. give them. I mean, a, what was that? Oh, it's got, it's got another, another, another. No, no, no. I just wanted to be. A, we we have we have all these books to talk about. <laughs> and. And we will. So, you, Scott, <laughs> Scott, I got to tell you, you, you have been awesome, and I'm I'm so glad that that I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I'm I had a cancellation on my afternoon show that I do, and I'm very glad that uh, you are here so that you agreed to do that. I um, am. I'm very psyched. It, talk it to Seattle be, tonight. Yes, and the 14th largest media market in the country, and you get to talk to all the folks that that are uh, out and about, and and it's drive time in Seattle, so it it, it it'll be fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and it, that interview is going to be awesome. So if you're around, and uh, go to uh, 1150 KKNW. This is. Um, March 23rd, it'll be on at four o'clock to five o'clock. So if you catch this on YouTube in the next little bit, then uh, turn in, tune into that interview. That'll be a lot of fun. And they both will be on podcasts. So, uh, and they're going to be on Scott's, by the way, go to gscottgram.com and you can find out all about his books and buy some books from him. Would you please? They can, they could be very helpful to you. I think. Help me buy some warm clothes to wear when I'm out there doing Tai Chi with these, with these 70, 80, and 90-year-olds, the elderly. Is that better, hey, Kevin? Perfect. That's, that's yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's so much better. And, and by the way, uh, in between now and this afternoon, because in – see, I, I didn't know this until you brought it up. In Vermont, it snows, and sometimes the snow stays on the ground for a long period of time. So We still you, have snow here. So you end up with snow, and then the animals come and they poop on the snow, and then it snows right. again, and so it becomes a poop ice sandwich. Exactly. Well, I run a I I um steward a, a bunch of animals. I run a five hundred one c three farm animal rescue. Good um, Lord, And so these animals are running all over the place, pooping snow, pooping snow, pooping snow, which looks all beautiful until the spring comes and then the snow goes away and the poop goes lower and the snow goes away and the poop goes lower. And so the, the beautiful poop snow layer cake turns into this. Oh, I'm not going to say it, but you have to have big knee high boots on. Exactly. How many animals do you, are you taking care of right now? Well, we, um, 
I've got some permanent animals here, and so I mean, a lot of a lot of rescues are really. I don't 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 call me or send me hate mail, but a lot of rescues are like really an excuse to be hoarders. So you see, like a cat rescue with a thousand cats or something like that. We have some permanent animals here that are um, really our camp counselors. I got a couple of donkeys. I got two potbelly pigs. I got some sheep, some alpacas. So that when an, when an, uh, when a donkey or an alpaca or a sheep comes in that has been abused or neglected or abandoned, they have these animals to teach them what it's like to be a sheep or an alpaca and a donkey. And then we work to rehome them once they have their act together. Um, that is just amazing. How much acres do you have? 107. Holy mackerel. You, yeah. you got a big place. Yeah, yeah, and there's great camping here because we have people that come here camping through Hip Camp in the summer, and it's a great place to go pitch your tent or bring your RV and um, get out in the morning, and you open your door, and there's a donkey staring at you. <laughs> um, and 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 your camping fees go directly to support the animals, 100%. I tell you, now now you've given me so much to talk about this afternoon. It's, it's really is. Come camp. <laughs> we're right on hip camp will it be rescue if you look up that and you'll see us will it be rescue in vermont very nice so i got you know i could talk to you for hours but i got i know we're getting close getting close to time (laughs) i know and so we'll talk we'll talk later this afternoon but i was scott and we just want to say thank you for coming on you 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 are a really good you're the type of human that we all should strive to be and not that not that you walk on water a lot of times you walk on poop but you know it's it's you're just a good you're just a guy who's got a good heart who's trying to do the right thing and that's all anybody can ask that is all that anybody can try to do that's all and and as yoda would say do or do not do not try so you can do it if you make the decision it's a Absolutely. conscious decision to make that you're going to be a good person and you're going to be kind to other people and we're going to treat each other with respect. You can do it. Everybody can do it. Absolutely. Follow your true azimuth. That's it. That's it. Scott, any last words before we go? No. What a privilege. Thank you, Kevin. It's, it's, it's great fun. And, and you stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of kmmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.